Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. I've just started reading this book, When Things Fall Apart, Hard Advice for Difficult Times, Pima Kadron. It's a book, um, I might call it Buddha for Your Life, or Buddha Heart. I heard uh, the podcast on Bean talking about this book and reading sections out of it. And I was so impressed I bought the book. I'm going to spend some time uh, going through this book and kind of discussing the individual uh, chapters. Get you a copy. Join along. Send me comments at Wiley, period, foxes, and gmail.com. Thanks. Talk to you later. Ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. Um, kind of toward the end of May, 27th, I think, Wednesday night. <clears throat> I'm continuing on the book, When Things Fall Apart, by Pima Kadran, or something similar to that. Tonight, we're in a chapter called, It's Never Too Late. What makes Matri such a different approach is we're not trying to solve a problem. We're not striving to make pain go away or to become a better person. In fact, we're giving up control altogether and letting concepts and ideals fall apart. Uh, Probably for the last few decades, um, I kind of had this ongoing goal. I wanted to be kinder, be a better person. Um, Still do. It's still an objective. But the idea that you could be better by just letting go and being present. That's kind of a new concept. And that's what a lot of this chapter is about. It has a definition of matre. And forgive me if, if I'm not saying that right. May tree. The author writes, I get many letters from the worst person in the world. The thing they have in common is they have no loving kindness for themselves. You can imagine someone coming up to the author and saying, I'm such a terrible person. And them saying, well, don't you think that somewhere on this planet there might be someone worse than you? Uh, The friend answered in heartbreaking honesty, No, if you want to know what I really feel, it's that there's no one as bad as me. 
And that made her think of a Gary Larson cartoon. Two women are standing behind the locked door, peeking out the window at a monster standing on their doorstep. One of the ladies is saying, Calm down, Edna. Yes, it's a hideous insect, but it may be a giant hideous insect in need of help. I'm not quite sure what that story relates to being the worst person on the planet, but maybe the worst person that's in need of help. It is said we can't attain enlightenment, let alone feel contentment and joy, without seeing who we are and what we do, without seeing our patterns and our habits. This is called Matri, developing loving kindness and an unconditional friendship with ourselves. So what we're talking about is the ability to see ourselves with loving kindness and unconditional friendship with ourselves. sometimes we treat ourselves at worst and we're the most critical but to improve yourself you have to learn to see yourself with loving kindness that's kind of a weird concept in other words beating yourself up is not the direction to go people sometimes confuse this process with self-improvement or building themselves up. We can get so caught up in being good to ourselves that we don't pay any attention at all to the impact we're having on others. We might erroneously believe that mantra is a way to find happiness that lasts. So we're gonna look for this mantra, which, why in the hell are we gonna do it if it's not gonna make us happier? It's not that we pat ourselves on the back and say you're the greatest or don't worry sweetheart everything is going to be fine rather it's a process by which self-deception becomes so skillfully and compassionately exposed that there's no mask that can hide us anymore okay so we're going to learn to be compassionate and see ourselves to get rid of self Deception. I can see there's some advantage to that. It's kind of like if you don't have good data, um, you can't really make any improvements. So you have to kind of know yourself and see yourself if you want to have any hope of being better. What makes Matre, such a different approach is that we're not trying to solve any We're not striving to make pain go away or to become a better person. In fact, we are giving up control altogether and letting concepts and ideals far, fall apart. We're not trying to solve a problem or make pain go away or become a better person. We're giving up control 
and letting concepts and ideals fall apart. It starts with realizing that whatever occurs is neither the beginning nor the end. It's just the same kind of normal human experience that's been happening to everyday people from the beginning of time. Thoughts, emotion, moods, and memories come and they go. And basic nowness is always here. In other words, it's the same old, same old. Everything you experience has been experienced before, and it's just kind of normal. Things fall apart, and then they go back together, and then they fall apart again. That was one of our earlier chapters. It's never too late for any of us to look at our minds. We can always sit down and allow the space for anything to arise. Sometimes we have a shocking experience of ourselves. Sometimes we try to hide. Sometimes we have a surprising experience of ourselves. Often we get carried away without judging, without buying into likes and dislikes. We can always encourage ourselves to just be here again and again and again. The painful thing is that when we buy into disapproval, we're practicing disapproval. When we buy into harshness, we are practicing harshness. The more we do it, the stronger these qualities become. How sad it is that we are so expert at causing harm to ourselves and others. Most people have the art of being critical down pretty well. Tearing other people down, telling them what's wrong with them, telling them what they should have done. All those kind of conversations uh, are usually not done with kindness. Trick then is to practice gentleness and letting go. We can learn to meet whatever arises with curiosity and not make it such a big deal. Instead of struggling against the force of confusion, confusion, we can meet it and relax. When we do that, we gradually discover that clarity is always there. In the middle of the worst scenario of the worst person in the world, in the midst of all the heavy dialogue with ourselves, open space is always there. We carry around an image of ourself, an image we hold in our minds. I would say we carry around with us a story of ourselves and um, our life story and how we see ourselves. We carry around a story of what just happened with the last person we interacted with, good or bad. Um, We got a little bit of data and we fill it in with a story. One way to describe this is small mind. It can also be described as seem. In Tibet, there are several words for mind, but two that are particularly helpful to know are seem and rikpa. Seem is what we experience as discursive thoughts a stream of chatter that's always reinforcing an image of ourselves. I would say that's 
story that you have of yourself and you keep picking up data to reinforce that story and you have a little dialogue in your head saying I'm so and so and I just did that again or they're so and so and they just did that to me again and blah 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 Rick Pa literally means intelligence or brightness behind all the planning and worrying behind all the wishing and wanting picking and choosing the unfabricated wisdom mind of Rick Pa is always here whenever we stop talking to ourselves Rick Pa is continually here Rick Pa is that silence that feeling that you get sometimes I I get it like when I'm standing in the woods and uh it's beautiful and I I just love being there and for a moment my brain shuts up and it's quiet and I just experience being in the woods sometimes I experience it with my dog I've experienced it during the middle of um playing tennis when you're in the zone you experience it and making love a few times just holding someone where your mind is quiet and still and peaceful um it's what you practice in meditation is trying to concentrate like we talked about earlier with the out breath focused on that and your brain continuously brings up thoughts ideas and you just try to let those go and gently bring yourself back to focusing on your out breath anyone that's done uh meditation will know what I'm talking about and as you get better on it uh you can have larger periods of quiet she has a little story here In Nepal, the dogs bark all night long. Every 20 minutes or so, they all stop at once. And there is experience of immense relief and stillness. Then they all start barking again. The small mind of seeing can feel just like that. When we first start meditating, it's as if the dogs never stop barking at all. After a while, there are gaps. discursive thoughts are rather like wild dogs that need taming rather than beating them up or throwing stone we tame them with compassion over and over we regard them with the precision and kindness that allows them to gradually calm down sometimes it feels like there's much more space with just a few yips and yaps Yo. So, let's go over that point again. Discursive thoughts are rather like wild dogs that need taming. Rather than beating them up or throwing stones, we tame them with compassion. Over and over, we regard them with precision. kindness that allow them to gradually calm down 
Sometimes it feels like there's more space with just a few yips and yaps here and there. Of course, the noise will continue. We aren't trying to get rid of the dogs, but once we've touched in with the spaciness of Rikpa, it begins to permeate everything. Once we've had a glimpse of spaciousness, if we practice it with Matri, it will continue to expand. It expands into our resentment and fear. It expands into our concepts and opinions about things and to who we think we are. I was noticing my dog this morning. He's nearly 17, Ashton. He's banged up. His body's legs are crooked. He walks with a limp. Uh, He gets lost. He doesn't know where he is. But he was just sitting the front step with me and he had the biggest smile on his face just looking up at me Uh, and he was just present with me and in the moment not worried about all his aches and pains and uh, the sores on his legs and back and uh, the fact that he's crippled and hardly can hardly walk he was just there at that moment He was in the now. There is a teaching on three kinds of awakening. Awakening from the dream of ordinary sleep. Awakening at death from the dream of life. And awakening into full enlightenment from the dream of delusion. Our personal dreams come in many guises. We experience them as shame, as jealousy, as abandonment, as rage. They're anything that makes us uncomfortable that we continually run away. We do the big escape. We act out, say something, slam a door, hit somebody, or throw a pot as a way of not facing what's happening in our hearts. Or we shove the feelings under and somehow deaden the pain. We can spend our whole lives escaping from the monsters of our mind. Uh, The way a lot of people, a lot of us escape is with a glass of wine or a bottle of wine. Uh, That's a way of not dealing with with the feelings that we have and not just being present with them. Uh, she talks, the author talks about a visit from Kandro Ripipo that she dreamed was happening and she spent the whole day cleaning her house and yeah, getting ready for his coming or her coming. And when she ran up to greet Rin, Rinpoche, um, Rinpoche smiled at her and asked, Did you see the sun come up this morning? I answered, no, Rinpoke. I didn't. I was much too busy to see the sun. She laughed and said, too busy to live life. I think that's uh, all of us on our, or many of us, I can't speak for you, 
many of us on our to-do lists were too busy to live life. The way to dissolve our resistance to life is to meet it face to face. When we feel resentment because the room is too hot, we could meet the heat and feel its fierceness and heaviness. When we feel resentment because the room is too cold, we could meet the cold and feel its iciness and bite. When we want to complain about the rain, we could feel its wetness instead. When we worry about the wind shaking our windows, we could meet the wind and hear its sound. Cutting our expectations for a cure is a gift we can give ourselves. There is no cure for hot and cold. It will go on forever. After we have died, the ebb and flow will still continue. Reminds me of a friend in, uh, when I was in Peru and there was a traffic jam and a policeman was trying to get the cars to be orderly instead of just all trying to go through a bridge that was temporarily one lane from both sides and it was complete chaos and my friend, an Englishman, got out there, Martin was his name, and started yelling at everybody that they were crazy and living. And I tried to get him out of the road telling him that, you know, this is just the way it is here in Peru and it'll be like this after we leave. And he's trying to explain to me it was insanity, um, the chaos at the bridge. Yep, it is, but it's outside of our power. We really just have to adjust to it. When the rivers and airs are polluted, when families and nations are at war, when homelessness, when homeless wanderers fill the highways, these are the traditional sign of a dark age. Another is that people become poisoned by self-doubt and become cowards. Practicing loving-kindness toward ourselves seems as good a way as any to start eliminating the darkness of difficult times. Being preoccupied with our image is like being deaf and blind. It is like standing in the middle of a vast field of wildflowers with a black hood over our heads. It's like coming upon a tree of singing birds while wearing earplugs. Our preoccupation with ourselves, with recursive thoughts, uh, with busy minds, uh, worrying minds, is another way of not living life. It's like you're missing the whole thing, all the beauty and wonder of life that's right in front of you for the taking to feel the bite of the air on a cold day and the warmth of the sun, Uh, to pay attention to the sweat dripping off of your face and how it feels, because that's life, it's real right now you can complain about it or you can just immerse yourself in it and experience it this is the ancient Texan hoping you have a good day 
and that you let yourself have a good day and live and love life. Namaste. Namaste.